Welcome to the Spirit of Prophecy Church. Yes, we are right on time. And I'm going to pray for Danny. He's going to be bringing us the message this morning. Lord, I ask for your anointing. I ask for you to speak through him to us and help us to open our eyes and to see and hear what you're saying to us today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Danny? And to, you getting the signal, David? I think you are. Okay. Now I can continue. Well, I'm going to continue on a, a topic that I started with last time called Promises. This is part two. And we're going to start uh, on slide 31. Now, there's a lot of verses I'm going to be going through, so I'm going to be pretty fast with this, at least I think I will. Uh, the f- first topic is exposure of all secrets. Mark 4:21 and 22. And he said unto them, is a candle brought to be put under a bushel or under a bed, and not to be set on the candlestick? For there is nothing hid which shall not be manifested, neither was anything kept secret, but that it should come abroad. You ain't going to get away with everything, okay? You may fool me, you may fool a pastor, you may fool the congregation members, but there is someone that's upstairs named God and his son, Jesus Christ, and they know everything you're doing. Don't, and whether it's in this present life or that time when Jesus comes and at some point we do a review of our life, you're not going to get away with it, okay? So I'm just saying you're not going to get away with it. Could you hit F5 on the computer console, please? Okay. I actually have more slides. Okay. For some reason, the clicker... Okay. There we go. He just did it. Or she did it. All right. Next, we're going to talk about... It's called the providence of God. God is looking out after you. Now, it may not necessarily be in the manner that you hope or the manner that you think, but God is out there to help you and, and take care of you. Matthew ten twenty nine, Are not two sparrows sold for a farthing? And one of them shall not fall on the ground without your father. But your very hairs of your head are all numbered. That's kind of amazing when you think about it. I mean, now I don't have a lot of hair, so it's real easy for God to number mine. But we got, I mean, we got someone here that, that's got a pretty good bushy beard, so that's a, a, a task in and of itself. But God knows who you are to the detail that he can count every hair on your head. That's pretty amazing, I think. Again, providence of God. This is a little sightly version, but this is found in Luke. Luke 12, 26, or 6. Are not five sparrows sowed for two farthings, and not one of them is forgotten before God? But even the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Fear not, therefore, you are more valued than many sparrows. That the, two, the four letters in red, is forgotten more valued? You know, sometimes we get so busy with our everyday life that we kind of go, 
Have you forgotten about me, God? I mean, I'm going through all these trials. Why, why are you forgetting me? He's not forgetting you. On the surface, it may seem like it, but he's there. Sometimes we have to kick ourselves to get away from the negativity. I know I'm good at that. But the point is, you're not forgotten. And you are of value. And what that value is, actually, is going to be different. Everyone's got a calling uh, for them. Stan is a pastor. Me, I think I'm a teacher. That, that's where I excel. Or at least I think I do. <laughs> but I try. But again, it, you're of a value. Whatever that value is, that's between you and God. But you are of value, every one of you. Here and those who might be looking on our live stream. Okay. Well, I can tell this is going to be a fun morning with the clicker. Yeah, I know. It was working just a second ago. Oh, there we go. There we go. Romans 8, 28. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose. For him he did for no, he also did predestine to the conform or be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn of me among many brethren. On the verse where it says, for good to them that love God. In the first um, session, I talked about conditional promises. This is to a degree of conditional promises. All things work, and it's kind of reversed. Usually you see like if, then. So if a certain thing happens, then this result will occur. Here it's a little bit backwards. We know the result is all things work together for good. But what's the if? Love God. He's going to reward those. I can't tell you when or how or in the manner it will happen. But he's going to reward those who show that they love God, that they follow his commandments. And also to the fact that he are, before we were formed, he already knew about us. He knew everything about us before we were even formed in the womb. Now, that's a pretty strong God, I would say. Providence of God. Romans, this is one of my favorite verses. Romans eight thirty one. We then say to these things, that God be for us, who can be against us? He that spareth not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how should he not with him also freely give us all things? God gave up his son, the most painful thing I think that a human could do is to give up their offspring. You know, we had, of course, in the Old Testament, Abraham was going to give up his son. That's a mighty powerful thing. So if God is willing to give up his son so that we can have that fellowship with him, then he's got to be for us, right? Now, next we turn to increase or decrease blessings. You reap what you sow. All right? I mean, that, if you want a quick capsule of the next five slides, you reap what you sow. Yeah. 
Matthew 13, 12. For whosoever hath to him shall be given, and he shall have more abundance. But whosoever hath not from him shall be taken away, even that that he hath. Now, I don't know what you have. You know, uh, some of the members of our congregation I've known for over 10 years. And I'm still learning things about them. But God knows what you got. Whether it be good or for bad, he knows. And I think there's a little bit of a warning here. Because it says, Whosoever hath not from him shall be taken away, even that he hath. You can't take away something you don't have. And yet, this is telling us you're going to have taken away what you have. It's one of the reasons why you want to go in the Bible and read the Bible is actually to help learn about what you have. You're going to use the scriptures to help you find out your talents and abilities. All right. Again, uh, increase and decrease. Matthew 25, 29. For unto every one that hath shall be given, and he shall have abundance. But from him that hath not shall be taken away, even that which he hath. Again, it's the same, slightly different wording, but it's the same principle. You've got something. Spend time on your knees in prayer and ask God to reveal what it is. That's how you're going to find out. The answer may not come right then. We're so used to that we forget that sometimes God says, what's that? What are you doing? You worry, you let me take care of it. I'll take care of it. Mark 4, 24. And he said, take heed what you hear. With what measure you meet, it shall be measured to you. And unto you that hear shall more be given. For he that hath to him shall be given. And he that hath not from him shall be taken even that which he hath. Third straight slide where we've seen from him that shall be taken even that which he hath. You've got something. Here's three slides that basically say, yeah, you got something. And if you're not going to obey God and do what he says, then whether you realize what it is or not, there's a good chance God's going to take it away from you. Now, another area that we have promises is power to bind and loose. Now, this is an interesting verse because this is at the time where Jesus is talking to Peter. And there has been so much controversy over this little verse. Uh, Matthew 16, 19, I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. We have power. The results may not come immediately, but who cares? We got the power. That's the point. You know, there are some that say, well, this verse, because it was early, you know, it's not in this verse where he says uh, to Peter that you are the rock and upon that foundation. So they'll take that verse and this verse and say, well, the church, it's the church. One of the big brujas in the past was when Martin Luther basically said, no, it's in the individual. And he got in a big fight with the uh, uh, popple. Catholic Church, like, no, that's our, no. Sorry, I just, I'll just say it. they're wrong. I'll just flat out say it. I think they're wrong big time. This is given, yes, the church has power to do this. 
But there's too many other scriptures besides this one that make it clear we also, as individuals, have that same power. All right? And I say unto you, whatsoever you should bind on earth should be bound in heaven, and whatsoever you shall loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. We have great power to exercise should we choose to use it. But we need to use it in accordance with the principles that God has laid out. Where do you find them? In the Bible. That's where you're going to find out what they are. I should have made that bigger. Uh, again, in John, basically the same thing, but a little different. Whosoever sins you, excuse me, you remit, they are remitted unto them. And whosoever sins you retain, they are, return, are retained. In note C in the Dakes, it said, this is simply another form of expressing power to bind and to loose and do the work of Christ as a reference Matthew 18, 18 in conjunction with this verse. We have the power. Don't think you don't. Now, you're going to have to develop it. How do you develop it? I already said it just a moment ago. You're going to have to go on your hands and knees and pray. You're going to have to read the Bible. That's how you're going to build that power up. Reward according to works. Yes, reward is not necessarily a four-letter word in the church. We get rewards. Some of the rewards are here in this lifetime, but some rewards are not until Jesus comes again. But we get rewards. So here's some promises that talk about that. For the Son of Man shall come in the glory of his Father with his angels, and then he shall reward every man according to his works. That word right there, works, that is not salvation. I've heard some people say, well, this is the basis of our salvation. It's, it's, no, it's not. There's only one source of salvation. It is this right here. Don't think any, it's anything else. It's this. Now, the works, though, we're going to get rewarded. And I think though this uh, verse is specifically really talking about when Jesus comes again, I'm looking forward to you, with, I hope with y'all, to be riding those white horses behind and go, yeah, it's about the time you got it. <laughs> but we're going to get works, and I don't know if there's other verses per se in this, but the, how do I put it? What we go through in heaven to a large degree, depends on what we do here. I, 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 maybe the best example is maybe we get a small mansion to a, compared to a big 20-story mansion. I mean, we're going to get works, but the degree to which we're rewarded will very much depend on the degree to which we fulfill his laws, statutes, and commandments. Now, again, I mentioned this a little bit earlier. You think you're going to get away with something? No, you're not. Whether it's now or in when he comes, you're going to have to give account. 1 Corinthians 3.13, every man's work shall be made manifest, for the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire, and the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. If any man's work abide which he hath built thereon, he shall receive a reward. God's going to look at what you did on this earth, and he's going to say, here's what you did, Here's what you did right. Here's what you did wrong. And he, you're going to get a reward. I, I'll be honest. I, I like to hope, I hope I get a lot of rewards. To be honest. 
If any man works shall be burned, he shall suffer loss, but he himself shall be saved, yet so as by fire. Uh, I don't think the, the verses before and after, but what he's talking about is your works may pass away, but you will still be saved. The works is what may be stubble. If you're not doing, if the works you do is because you're doing it with a selfish heart, because you're thinking, well, okay, what's in it for me? Well, those works are going to burn up because God said, they didn't, that's not according to my principles. That's not according to my statute, laws, and commandments. So they don't count. Rewards again. 2 Corinthians 5.10 For we must all appear for the judgment seat of Christ, that everyone may receive the things done in his body according that he has done, whether it be good or bad. Once again, now, I'm not really real thrilled about going before the judgment seat of Christ to be, because I, I know I'm going to think this is how I failed. But the point is, we're going to appear before Christ, and we're going to have to give account of our actions, whether they be good or bad. You might want to, you might want to think about it before you decide you want to go burn and loot stuff. Just saying. Now, material blessings. Again, this is kind of like rewards. It's not necessarily bad to have material blessings. All right? Like, my car is a 12-year-old car, but I'm sure glad I got it right now because I don't want to be walking in that cold. You know, it's, you know it, material blessings, it doesn't mean that you have to have a Learjet or, you know, five, six cars. Be grateful for that which you have. I'm grateful for my house and for my car. I'm grateful that I've got a job, you know, and I can pay bills. For everyone that hath forsaken house, brethren, sisters, father or mother or wife or children or lands, for my name's sake shall receive a hundredfold and shall inherit everlasting life. Okay? You're going to get a re reward. God's going to bless you. All right? God's was going to bless you. Tell me real quick what slide I'm on. Okay, I'm doing good pace. 47, okay. Luke 18, 29, He said unto them, Verily I say unto, There is no man that hath left house, parents, or brethren, or wife, or children, for the kingdom of God's sake who shall not receive manifold more in this present time and in the world to life everlasting. Verse 30, in the red, manifold more in this, notice what it says, present life. So yes, there is the reality that we'll be blessed in this life, right where we're living now. But And then it's got the word and, and so really it's two things. There's blessings in this life now, Again, don't know when they're going to come, don't know what they are, but you're going to get them. And in the life to come. So we get a double dip in a way, right? Double dip. Eternal life. We have a choice of eternal life. Are we going to accept it or not? Make no mistake, that's a decision you're going to have to make. And if you haven't made it now, 
wait a few years, you're going to be put in a position where you're going to have to make it. Because they're flat people, the authorities, whoever they may be, are going to flat out come and say, who do you say Jesus is? You're going to be made to make that decision whether you want to or not. So it seems to me you better find out about them now before that comes and enjoy the benefits now before that those times come that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish but have eternal life. So God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. I don't know how more plain you can make it. This is the key. There's nothing else. Um, I get amazed at some of the bull that I hear about. Oh, you can do it this way and that way. No. It's right there. You can see it. Another one. He that believeth on the Son have everlasting life. He that believeth not the Son shall see life, or not see life, but the wrath of God abideth on him. That's not good. <laughs> the last thing... Thank you. That helps. The worst thing you can have is the wrath of God. There's a song uh, that I heard, and one of the lines talks about when the wrath of God, they're gonna, who's going to hide you? Are you going to go into the rocks and the caves and other mountains going to hide you? Well, guess what? You, you're, those, all those people that have got, and Stan has talked about this, the underground facilities, they think they're going to get away with it. Oh, God's not going to see us. Knuckleheads, he made the whole world. You think he's not going to see five miles down? Come on. Romans 2, 7. To them who by patient continuance and well-doing seek for glory and honor, immortality, eternal life. But unto them that are contentious and do not obey the truth, but only righteousness, unrighteousness, indignation and wrath. Pretty clear, isn't it? By patience, continuance. Sometimes that middle word, patience, is almost like a four-letter word. We just can't seem to really grasp it. You know, you got to have patience. You got to be willing to wait. You know, Scott, one of our congregations, congregation members is here. He's had been fighting. Uh, a hip problem and knees and we were talking at the Thanksgiving dinner last week for like 17 years you know that's to me amazing to someone that has got that strong of faith and it's my compliments to that person I admire that to be able to put up with that and have that much patience that he still continues to go to and believing God, that's just amazing to me. Amazing. It's something now that I kind of go, when I start complaining, I'll go, really? Think about him. Now, you ready to shut up? Amen. <laughs> Eternal life. But now being made from sin and become servants to God, you, you have your fruit unto holiness in the end, everlasting life. Most everyone's heard this. In Romans 23, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ the Lord. Again, you can't make it any clearer. 
You know, these are the these claims that you've heard seen today. Do you, do you see those being made for Buddha? Do you see them being made for Mohammed? Or even Gandhi to a degree? Confucius? No one's making these claims about them. Jesus is the only one. That should tell you something right then and there. First John five eleven. This is the record that God had given to us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. He that hath the Son hath life, and he that hath not the Son of Man hath not life. It is no either or. People, isn't it amazing to you that people try to go the middle so much? No, there's no middle here. There's no middle here. It's either you believe, you believe in what this cross represents and says, or you don't. We need, and too many Christians, I'm probably going to get mad, and some of y'all may throw something at the TV here. We've got too many wishy-washy Christians that keep trying to saddle the fence. Again, that day is going to come where you're, not going to, you're going to get knocked off. The authorities are going to knock you off one way or another. You're going to have to decide. Rulership for saints. I don't know if I like this one too much because I, there, there, if I, uh, how should I put it? If I appeal to the baser part of me, some people are going to have some really bad payouts, okay, payback. But I'm not going to be that way. Do you not know that the saints shall judge the world and that the world shall be judged by you? Are you unworthy to judge the smallest matters? Know you not that we shall judge angels? How much more things that pertain to this life? Now, I'm not saying when we talk about judge, I'm not saying, oh, you did this, so I judge you. You're like a leper and you're not worthy of... No. There is a difference between righteous judgment and judgment to the point where you are a de- you're being detrimental to that person. Another way you might call it love, love the person but hate to sin. That's another way to, to put uh, uh, judging. But we can judge. It's shame that we are, the U.S. is the most lawsuit-happy company, country in the world. Every little thing, oh, we're going to take you to court. To me, that's not really the idea of Christian stewardship. We're going to be judging. And whether it's now or in the future, that's a promise for us. Again, we're talking about promises. These are things that we can at night lean on and and bring us joy and to bring us uh, uplifting. If we suffer, we shall also reign with him. If we deny him, he will also deny us. We're going to reign with them. And at some point, if you haven't already, you're going to, have to, you're going to wind up suffering. And has made us into our God, unto our God, kings and priests. And we shall reign on the earth. We're not reigning on the earth now. I think that's pretty obvious. And I think, I think mostly it's in Revelation. So really where we're talking about on this particular verse primarily is that thousand-year period, all right? But the idea that we are going to be reigning is what I want you to see. We are going to be reigning. So why not start practicing now? Let's get, let's get ready now if we all can. Atonement. For this is my blood on the New Testament, which is shed for many of the remission of sins, 
I mean, that's pretty clear. The shed blood. Jesus had no other way than this cross. That was the only way to satisfy the requirements. Again, Luke 19, 19. He took bread and broke it and gave it unto him, them, saying, this is my body which is given for you. You did this, do this in remembrance of me. Likewise, also the cup after supper, saying, this cup is the New Testament. Notice in red, in my blood, there's that word blood again, which is shed for you. He had to pay a price. Earlier couple of verses, we said we all have to pay a price for believing in him. But a price had to be paid. Another, being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God set forth to be appropriation through his faith in his blood, declare his righteousness for the remission of sins that are past for the forbearance of God. You want a one-word sentence of the Christian faith? Romans 25, 3.25. That one verse says it all. It has everything you need to know why there had to be blood and what it accomplished. That's actually one of my, uh, my car index card verses I try to read every night. For if we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more being reconciled, we should save by his life. And not only so, but we also joy in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom we have now received the atonement. Reaping what you sow. Oh, I like this one. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that he shall reap also. For he that soweth to the flesh shall of the flesh reap. Thank you. That really is helping. Uh, reap corruption. But he that soweth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. If you, Again, if you think that you can go and hurt people, deceive people, stab them in the back, double-cross them, well, guess what? You can do it. But sooner or later, there's going to come a time where whether it's other people or God himself says, you know what? It's time now. Your day of reckoning has come. And you don't want that if you're disobeying God. That's not a good thing. Not a good thing. Oh. Answers to all prayers. Now, here's some promises on this this subject. And to to keep my recurring theme, there's no timetable. All right? My friend has waited 17 years. There's no timetable. You've got to get that through your heads. It's not instantaneous. It can be, especially like healings. Healings can be very much instantaneous. But you've got to be prepared and to be willing to wait. Asking it shall be given you. Seeking you shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asketh receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth. And to him that knocketh, it shall be open. There's no timetable saying next Thursday on there, is there? Not that I see. You've got to have the patience to allow God to work in the manner that he needs and wants and knows is best for you. Amen. For verily I say unto you that whatsoever you shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but believe that you receive them, you shall have them. Therefore I say Unto you, what things soever you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. Look at those two those words you read. Not doubt and believe. 
I did a whole teaching on just that subject. The power of belief is probably, in my view, is the single most important ingredient for answered prayer. You've got to believe. And when it doesn't happen right then, you've got to be willing to say, Lord, I don't understand. I say that phrase a lot to them, actually. Um, but it doesn't matter. I'm going to stand by you. I don't care how long. It may be I never see the result. Who cares? I'm still going to stand by the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. But with uh, Hebrews 1, 11, 6, But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and he is rewarder of them that diligently seek him. There's a lot in this verse. First off, in red, without faith. That starts the verse out like that, doesn't it? So you're going to have to have faith. Right off the bat, it's saying you've got to have faith. And how is that relevant? Because you've got to have it to please Him. God's looking to see if you have the faith. All right? Some of the trials and tribulations you may be going through, He's saying, all right, let's see if He has the faith to persevere. That's what He is trying to, or seeing. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is. That's the first prerequisite. And that knocks off, I, I don't know, maybe 40% of the people now. Because they don't even believe in God. Oh, they believe in those spirit beings and the Mother Earth and, and all this stuff. But God, oh, no. No, it's these things. That God, God is nothing, right? Right. Yeah. You know, there's another verse that said, when, you, when the hard times come... Are you going to turn to those idols and those other gods? Are they going to really be able to help you? They're not. Uh, then he is a rewarder. We were talking about rewards earlier, weren't we? And again, here's this word. So yes, first you've got to believe he is. All right. Then, here's the if then again, he is a rewarder. He's going to reward, but you're going to have to believe in him first. Of them that diligently seek him. If you're going to church once every four or five months, guess what? You might as well throw this verse away because you aren't doing that last part. You aren't doing the diligency. Diligent means it's an every day. And you know, I don't always do it. I just admit it. That's something I need to work on. I need to make sure I spend every day in prayer and reading the Bible. And, and not, most of the time I do, but there are times I do not. And that's on me. That's something I've got to work on. James, every good gift and every perfect gift from above, it comes down from the Father of lights in whom there is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. Every good gift and perfect gift is from above. Whether you realize it or not, it's from God. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and cometh down to the, from the Father of lights whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. God, well, God's not going to vary in how, the way I took it, or take it, excuse me, not going to vary in how he rewards you. He's not going to say, okay, this time I want to give you this much, but, it's, but then you do the same thing. Oh, no. I didn't like the way you did it, so instead of 10, you're getting 3. That's, to me, the best way of putting it. Yes, he'll do it for another, correct. 
for the eyes. Yeah, I like that. Doesn't waver. For the eyes of the Lord are over the righteous, and his ears are opened unto their prayers, but the face of the Lord against them that do evil. You wonder why you say, I'm not, I don't hear from God? Are you doing that right there? You're doing evil? Well, I hate to bust your bubble, but uh, you might as well forget to go into God if you're doing that, because he ain't going to live squat to help you. Matthew 23, 34. God's word unchangeable. That's where these promises are. Verily I say unto you, this generation shall not pass till all these things fulfilled. Heaven and earth shall pass away. My word shall not shall not pass away. He's talking about, this is from the sermon, or not Sermon on the Mount, back toward the end when he's getting ready to be crucified and he gives a speech. His words are not going to go away. Verily I say unto you that this generation shall not pass, all these things shall be done. Heaven and earth shall pass away, my words shall not pass away. This is the Mark version The previous one was Matthew, slightly different perspective. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, reproof, correction, instruction, and righteousness. You want to know reverse one word, one verse that tells you why you need to read the Bible? Here it is, 2 Timothy 3.16. This is why you need to read the Bible. This verse says it all. Oh, okay. Well, that's the last slide. But, see, y'all didn't realize it, but y'all are in for a treat. I'm, I've told Tony, he knows. I'm going to do something I've never done before on this stage. <laughs> and last, last week I was driving home and I was thinking about the message. And I wrote a poem. So today, world premiere, my very first poem. And not only that, you're going, you're going to get hand signals to go with the poem. So you get a double dose. But remember, remember, it's my first poem, so be nice. All right. Here we go. It's called What You Would Expect Promises. It's all here in black and white. What is wrong and what is right? With so many promises, it brings us to tears and dispels our doubts and removes our fears. Promises. Thank you. Um, I, I hope that this is... This whole series has been encouraging to you. That has, was my number one objective, that maybe you weren't aware of the promises, but now you are. And seize and walk on those promises. Let them become a part of your very fa- fabric and being, because when the troubled times come, when the hard times come, I know in doing this uh, presentation, I got so much encouragement just from preparing and learning about these promises. And remember, this is just a small scratch. Um, There's over in this section New Testament uh, promises that you find in the notes and dates. I covered a third. There's still two-thirds more. There's about 290 
promises just in the New Testament alone, and I just scratched the surface. So if you ever get a Dake's Bible, go look at that section so you can see uh, what's, what else is there. At this point, we're going to be taking a small break, about 10, 15 minutes. We'll be starting again right about at 10.30. So again, thank you for uh, paying it, or being here and watching online, and we'll see you in about 15. Thank you. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord.
worthy, worthy, worthy. This is amazing grace. Hallelujah. Unfailing love, Lord, would take my place. That you would bear my cross. And you lay down your life. I sing for all that you've done for me. Every knee will bow before the lion and the lamb. 
victory. I'm gonna see a victory. For the battle belongs to you, Lord. I'm gonna see a victory. I'm gonna see a victory. For the battle belongs to you, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord. We praise your holy name. For sure, bless you, God. You didn't mean victory, Lord, and you turn it for good. You turn it for good. You take what the enemy meant for evil, and you turn it for good. Oh, you turn it for good. You take what the enemy meant for evil, and you turn it for good. Oh, you turn it for good. Take what the enemy meant for evil, and you turn it for good. Oh, you turn it for good. You take what the enemy meant for evil, and you turn it for good. Oh, you turn it for good. You take what the enemy meant for evil. Oh, you turn it for good. I'm gonna see a victory. I'm gonna see a victory. For the battle belongs to you, Lord. I'm gonna see a victory. I'm gonna see a victory. For the battle belongs to you, Lord. Declare it today. A victory, I'm gonna see a victory For the battle belongs to you, Lord Declare it A victory, I'm gonna see a victory For the battle belongs to you, Lord I'm gonna You think what the enemy meant for evil for good, oh, you turn it for good. You take what the enemy meant for evil, and you turn it for good. Oh, you turn it for good. You take what the enemy meant for evil, and you turn it for good. Oh, you turn it for good. that victory this morning I am victorious I am victorious in you Lord
with blood wholeheartedly my soul undeserving God you're so good oh God you're so
pray for Pastor Stan. Father, we thank you for this man of God. We thank you for his message, his faith, and all the time he spent working on your kingdom, in your kingdom, and to build your kingdom. Thank you, Father, for um, all you've just came, all the people he has been able to reach through his messages. Bless all those ears. Bless those channels to get more and more people to be saved. We bless this man in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We sang it. Worthy is the Lamb. Worthy is the Lamb. Worthy is the Lamb to take the book and to open the seals thereof. Because he was slain, has redeemed us to God by thy blood. Out of every kindred, tongue, people, and nation, and has made us unto our God kings and priests, we shall reign on the earth. Lord, I ask that you speak to your people this morning. Speak to their spirit, speak to their heart, and give them encouragement. Give them faith for those things that are coming, and that they will fail not, but they will stand on the rock, And when winds blow, when the rains come, their house will stand in Jesus' name. One of the most important things we can do is to plead the blood of Jesus. When we say blood of Jesus, or when we say I plead the blood of Jesus, what we're saying is once again, we're asking God to wash us body, soul, and spirit clean and afresh. Because if we have sin, that separated us and our God. If we have sin, that makes it more difficult for him to speak to us, to guide us, to direct us, to protect us. So when we say blood of Jesus, when we say I plead the blood of Jesus, it gets his power. It gets his strength to protect us. You've heard the story of Leslie, saw a car coming, I plead the blood of Jesus, her and Leslie in, my daughter, at the same time, blood of Jesus, blood of Jesus. You've heard my story, where I was pulling out of LA Fitness, just having played racquetball, and the Lord spoke to my heart and said, you're about to have an accident. I literally said out of my mouth, I said, well, if I'm about to have an accident, I plead the blood of Jesus. Now, that would dumb. What I should have said is, 
Okay, reverse. <laughs> we're, we're pull over park for a while, you know, make sure that. But I pulled out. But I know it was the blood of Jesus that protected me. I say that because there's a high probability that we're about to see things this month, perhaps even this week, like America has never seen. Now, I want the good times, you want the good times, but we also want the souls. But right now the souls won't come in because of the good times. They don't need God right now. They don't need church. They're doing just fine. So God's going to say, okay, you think you're doing just fine? Let me show you just how fine that is. And so he's about to have a big recruiting campaign. There's a high probability. Remember I told you, August 8th, 2015, Saturday night, Lord, I don't have anything to say for the sermon tomorrow morning. What do you want to say? And I heard words. I promise I heard words. This is the time of miracles. As the judgment hits, and it may be, that that judgment is about to hit this month or maybe even this next week. As the judgment hits, so will my miracles. Miracles like no one has seen going all the way back to Adam and Eve. You tell them, I will never leave them nor forsake them. I'm going to meet the devil, inch for inch, step for step, pound for pound, everything he does, I'm going to meet him. When he comes out with the Ten Man's Commandments, you know they just came out with that, literally. They just signed it this week. They literally went up to the false Mount Sinai with a false set of Ten Commandments, if you haven't heard this, painted green for the new green climate change, and they literally broke the commandments. And written on them were the words, broken promises. You talk about blasphemy. You talk about a direct attack against our God. It doesn't get any more. They basically said, we break the commandments of God. We write our own commandments. Dana Coverstone's last dream came out where he, it was called Halloween, but I believe it was not necessarily referring to Halloween, about people that wore masks. And he said he walked into the church and behind the platform was a person saying, we run the church the way we want to. We don't need the scriptures anymore. We don't need the Ten Commandments. I don't think it's an accident that Leslie and I, on October the 8th, were at Mount Sinai. I don't think that's an accident. I think that's an on purpose so that one of these days we can tell people that are truly searching to find the real God, can find him. When we were down in Saudi Arabia, we pulled up to the bathroom. And by the way, when you ride a long way and it's hot and you're drinking a lot of water, you're glad to see the bathroom. <laughs> it might not be real clean, but I'll take it. <laughs> but after we came out of the bathroom, we noticed four people with rugs spread and then one in front. They had stopped what they were doing. This was mm, 6 o'clock at night. Stopped what they are doing, and every one of them got down on their knees and they touch their forehead to that carpet. They do that five times a day. And I'm going to say that they prayed for five to seven minutes. Five times a day. And I was just praying after that, and I said, Lord, you got to make a way. Give me a way. 
to, to talk to these people. So many people, so many good people here are deceived. So many people are working so hard to get to eternity, to get to eternal life, and they've been lied to. And they think they're doing it right. Broad is the, the way, wide is the gate, broad is the way that leads to destruction. And many there be that go thereat. Straight is the gate. Narrow is the way. And few there be that find it. That leads to eternal life. Few there be that find it. In other words, there is one man, one mediator between God and man, and that is the man, Christ Jesus. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, the life. No man comes to the Father but by him. There is not another way. We can't be good enough. We can't get, give good enough, uh, give enough. <laughs> it's not works. It's a free gift. Amen. Say it with me. Blood of Jesus. Blood of Jesus. Blood of Jesus. Blood of Jesus. I plead the blood of Jesus. I plead the blood of Jesus. Now, if this week, if there is some big tragedy hits, Instead of getting all scared and all full of fear, we're going to plead the blood of Jesus. And I like this song, perhaps you've heard it, and I'm going to ask you to sing it with me. Oh, the blood of Jesus. Oh, the blood of Jesus. Oh, the blood of Jesus. It washes white as snow. Oh, the blood of Jesus. Oh, the blood of Jesus. Oh, the blood of Jesus. It washes white as snow. Oh, the blood of Jesus. Oh, the blood of Jesus, oh, the blood of Jesus, it washes white as snow. Blood of Jesus. Blood of Jesus. Blood of Jesus. So that's what we're going to say. Next time we get into trouble, next time we get in a jam, we're not going to lose faith, we're not going to lose heart. We can say, blood of Jesus, blood of Jesus. Now, so when I fell to my knees yesterday and I said, Lord, what do you want to say to your people? Boy, I mean, instantly, there was no question what I'm to say. That's what he said. You tell him, I will hide you in the cliff of my rock. Now, all of my life, I've been thinking that was spelled C-L-E-F-T, cleft. Well, as you might recognize, I actually looked it up, and that's not the way it's spelled. This is actually the scripture. Moses said unto the Lord, See thou sayest unto me, Bring up this people, and thou hast not let me know whom thou shalt send me with me. And here, Moses, what he's saying here is, You know, you and I kind of been talking a lot for a while now, and I don't really know who you are. Would you mind showing me who you really are? That's what he's really saying. So he says, See thou sayest unto me, bring up these people, and these, and thou hast not let me know whom thou wilt send me with. Send with me. 
Yet thou said, I know thee by name, and thou hast found grace in my sight. Now therefore I pray thee, this is Moses, if I have found grace in thy sight, show me now thy way, that I may know thee. In other words, he wants to meet him. Who is this God, okay? That I may find grace in thy sight, and consider it this nation is thy people. Now we have to skip a few verses. And he said, Thou canst not see my face, for there shall no man see me and live. And the Lord said, Behold, there is a place by me that thou shalt stand upon a rock. What's that? It's a rock, literally, but it's also Jesus. And it shall come to pass, while my glory passeth by, I will put thee in the cliff of the rock, and I will cover thee with my hand until I pass by. And I will take away mine hand, that thou shalt see my back parts, but my face shall not be seen. So that's what he wants to say to the Spirit of Prophecy Church today. In the trouble ahead that may be about to hit, we've been talking about this for a lot of years now, okay? We've been talking about this when other churches thought I did have a hole in my head. If I walk in the wind, I'll whistle. But now, so say the prophecies. Now let me just be clear. God has not told me anything that's coming. But so say the prophecies. We are right around the corner from some very big changes. Some good, some very, very good, and then some... It may be that that judgment may be about to hit this month, perhaps even this week. So God wants to say to you, He's going to put you in the cliff to the rock. That rock is Jesus. He's going to hide us in Jesus. So when we see trouble come, be it this month or this week or another time, we're going to say, blood of Jesus. Blood of Jesus. Blood of Jesus. Blood of Jesus. Get used to saying it. Blood of Jesus. Blood of Jesus. Even more. Blood of Jesus. Everyone. Blood of Jesus. One more time. Blood of Jesus. This uh, was given to Timothy Dixon, 11, 18, I'm going to say it's heavily, heavily edited for flow because he talks... Uh, not like we do in, in Texas. And if you've ever listened to him, you understand why it's heavily edited so we can understand it. I believe the man's hearing of God, and so do apparently a lot of other people because I think it already had 52,000 views in like 24 hours. So he says, in this dream, he had a dream. I was talking to my wife and I looked out the window. The skies were looking really bad towards the east, towards the east, towards Washington, D.C. It was daytime, but I saw a black cloud, a storm, a whirlwind hit Washington, D.C. I believe we're seeing a restoration of the Elijah type and the Moses type ministries. Moses was a deliverer. That's a key. That's a key. In other words, there's a high probability that America is about to be delivered from some very evil people. Unfortunately, Because of our sins, the delivery is not successful. I saw a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice, Who is worthy to open the book and loose the seals thereof? In Revelation 18, it says, I saw another angel come down from heaven. The earth was lightened with his glory. And he cried mightily with a strong voice, saying, Babylon, that's America, Babylon the great is fallen, is fallen, has become the habitation of devils, the hold of every foul spirit 
in the cage of every unclean and hateful bird. And what does that mean? It's become a, the hole of a foul spirit. means this is where a lot of foul-spirited people live now, not Christians. The cage of every unclean and hateful bird. This is where some pretty hateful people live. I mean, we're a nation of liars. Uh, I just got a, a bill in the mail yesterday, and it said, your hospitalization was denied. You're a 2,000-some-odd dollars. It never mentioned the hospital, never mentioned our name, never mentioned. It was a scam. You get them in your text, in your emails all the time. You've probably lost money. I know I have from scams. We are a nation of liars. Habitation devils hold of every foul spirit and a cage of every unclean and hateful bird. There's a lot of unclean and hateful birds in our nation right now. It's not even safe to walk down the street in many of our streets in our nation. Deliver. So there's a, a, an attempt to deliver America about to happen. So Moses was a deliverer, bring God's people out of Egypt, and that's what they're trying to do. They're trying to bring America out of Egypt or out of the filthy sin. And now as God is bringing us out of the trouble, the devil has put us in for two years. I heard, we heard the EBS warning. Now you know what that is, right? Emergency broadcast system. Some of you remember that? Been a long time since I've seen it on TV. Who, who does not know what I'm talking about? You've not seen those on TV. Okay, yeah, the reason. They stopped doing it. It used to be on a regular basis. It was just like, eh, 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 eh. This is a message to the emergency broadcast system. And if there was a true emergency, you would have been uh, instructed to tune to the whatever, the whatever, the wherever for additional instructions. I haven't seen it in years. Have you? I haven't seen it. Stopped it. I heard the abyss warning sounding. They were really loud. They were ear piercing. Then it came over our telephones in a voice alert saying, stay tuned, this is the emergency broadcasting system alert. Now, I'm not turning our spirit of prophecy church into the prophecy club. If you want these kind of messages, you should be listening to the prophecy club. So I'm not bringing those in here with a few short, small exceptions. This is one of the exceptions. I do a radio program called Prophecy Club. Yes, so there you go. If you want these kind of messages, that's where you go. You will be advised to turn your local television or radio station to hear the accurate message from the President of the United States. We turned on our TV, and lo and behold, it was President... Hmm. It was President Trump speaking, saying, this is Donald Trump, the President of the United States. Now, I'm not going to begin to explain all of that. I'm just delivering the dream. And by the way, it is a dream. And there's a possibility it's not from God's. Possibility is not accurate. I personally believe it is. It is 5 o'clock this evening, Eastern Standard Time. The United States, in a joint military operation, is now underway to regain the control of the capital where it was breached by a foreign agency and a foreign identity. Have we ever heard of that before? Who? Who's talked about stuff like that? 
<laughs> the fall of America will start with an internal revolution in America started by the communists. Some of the people will start fighting against the government. Dimitri. And then we have Terry Bennett. He says, and the military will rise up and take over, and it would be, uh, and I, again, I'm not getting at all of this. But then we've also got Jack Rigney. So we've got three. Matter of fact, we've got a total of seven other people that saw the same thing, including one of them was Terry, uh, uh, Jason Meeks. Jason's probably watching right now. Been through Leslie's uh, Train the Prophets. He saw when there was an economic change in our system, he saw that there was great celebration. It was announced that DJT had taken over, and then there was a suitcase nuke that went off. Now, it's 5 o'clock the evening, Eastern Standard Time, United States, in a joint military operation. That's the internal revolution. He had this two days ago. Probably his views are up around 100,000 by now. Is now underway to regain the control of the capital where it was breached by a foreign agency and a foreign identity. The word on the street is that they're going to be playing a, 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 an eight-hour video on an eight-hour loop, 24 hours a day, for like about three days or something like that. And it is showing all of the corruption and proving their point, all of the evil that has been going on I'd like to say for two years, but it goes probably going to go back further than two years. As a matter of fact, my opinion, I think they've been cheating on the voting system for at least 30 years, truth be known, probably 40 or 50 years. It's not just the last 10 years even. Let's go on with the dream. Plain-looking pickup trucks, some black, some brown, were putting people inside and coming out of the Capitol in the White House. Then the TV went blank. Totally blank. You just said to me, which I already knew that they're planning rolling blackouts. So don't be surprised if your electricity goes off. Don't be surprised if your internet goes down. Your phones don't work. Those are the kind of, why? They want to put fear in us so that we will submit to their leadership. They told Benjamin, now I'm talking about the Moloch and ball worshipers, right? They told Benjamin Fulford, we have ruled this planet for thousands of years and we'll destroy it rather than give it up. So they believe in blackmail, bribery, murder, prostitution, drug running. This is the worst of the worst of the worst, worst, worst. I'll read it again. Plain-looking pickup trucks, some black, some brown, were putting people inside in the, that were coming out of the Capitol in the White House. Then the TV went totally blank. Then a man appeared to me and Rose, sitting in a chair in this little house his house. And he was saying, can you hear the sound of chains rattling? Anyone know what that means? Yeah, I didn't get it either. He tells you. Can you hear the sound of chains rattling? He repeated it. Then I heard a loud, a very loud rattling of change, and it was going down. It was arrests. There was power. You could sense a power beyond natural. This was it. It was a live event which it was happening at the Capitol in the White House, was being, now this is the way he talks, I should have corrected that, being taken back over the, <laughs> taken back in this dream. I felt such a presence of God, a presence of evil, like at a warfare. But God had overpowered this evil that had taken control of America, and we were in the greatest 
birth of revival. It may be that all of our hard work reading and studying that Bible, coming to church, learning those scriptures, it may be that our time of miracles is about to arrive. So I'm saying God is going to put us on the cliff to the rock. He is going to protect us in the time of the trouble ahead. What we have to do is remember to say, blood of Jesus, blood of Jesus. And maybe you're singing that song and maybe it goes on and on until you fall asleep at night. I don't know. But God has promised us he is going to take care of us. So nobody walks out of here in fear, okay? Nobody. No. I knew that the rattling of the chains meant the binding of Satan and the binding of the strong man that had already been telling us about, and it's over. This man was sitting in a chair. Now, who's the man? The man was sitting in the chair in this little house and said, it's over for these people. It's over. They planned, planned what? The plan is to put their man, the Antichrist, on the throne. But the plan was never going to work. Well, obviously, that plan works, so they must be talking about the fall of America. But people doubt it because of the media and what they were playing it out to be. I knew he was telling me that the story of the media puts out was made up. It was just all one big lie on the news, just trying to sell it. But they were doing definitely things our country, they were doing definitely things our country, now see why I had to edit it hard here. But they were doing definitely things our country to destroy it, but the Lord stood up. It's just exactly like he said he would do. It's over for these people. The truth must be let out. They can't keep it hidden any longer. The scandal that no one ever expected could happen, happened, and it has been uncovered. I ask, I ask a man, what have they covered up? They covered up a death. Now, what death? That he died. That's what he was saying. He died and they covered up. Then he got up and started disappearing as he was still saying that he died and they tried to cover it up. He died and they tried to cover it up. So who was the man in the chair? What he's saying is Jesus. They tried to cover up Jesus' death, that he died. They tried to cover it up. And boy, haven't they? The angel said, the fall of America will start with an internal revolution. This was given to us in 1984. And brothers and sisters, it may be that this month and perhaps even this week, this is about to come to pass. The angel said, the fall of America will start with an internal revolution in America started by the communists. Some of the people will then start fighting against the government. In other words, when these guys roll tanks in and take over America, it doesn't fix everything. Then the other side rises up, and I believe we'll see things like electrical outlets, electrical outlets, electric stations blown up, uh, refineries blown up, dams blown up. In other words, they, because we kicked them out, they're going to do everything they can to destroy America. Are you, are you connect, connecting with me? Are you, okay, you understand? Okay. The internal revolution started by the communists. Who are the communists? Well, Nancy and Chucky and Joe. 
<laughs> Some of the people start fighting against the government. The evil people don't say, oh boy, I'm glad you cleaned it up. They get mad. They want it their way. I, uh, when they told us Leslie was possibly going to go home, um, I'll just, I'll say it this way. I was in a conversation with a lady and she runs a retail store and she said, I have to be very careful. She says, because I can tell if they're a Democrat real quick. How's that? She says, because they are hard, they are cold, and they are unbending and it's my way, and we don't hear anything you want to say. We don't hear your opinion. And if you don't do it my way, I have nothing to do with you. Almost sounds like a pre-tribbers, doesn't it? Democrats, okay, so anyway, let's go on. Some of the people start fighting against the government. The government will be busy with internal problems. Then from the oceans, Russia, Cuba, Nicaragua, Central America, Mexico, and two other countries. I did pretty good on that, yeah. See, I can, I can do it, see. Nicaragua, right? Nicaragua? Okay. Two of the countries will attack and defeat America in one day, in one hour, so great riches will come to naught. Now, this guy sat on the electric chair twice to get that message. The angel Gabriel came to him and said, you're not going to die, you're going to America to give them warning from God. That's the warning he got. The angel went on to say, God will raise up China, Japan, and many of the nations. They'll go against the Russians. They'll defeat the Russians. Get back the Russians the gates of Paris where they make a peace treaty. Now, for years we thought that peace treaty was probably going to be something like maybe the tribulation starting or maybe a peace treaty that ends a war. Come find out it's a climate accord peace treaty. What? Well, think about it. The peace treaty that they just signed just this past week, I think it was November 18th, they just signed it. Islam, Catholicism or Christianity, and uh, Judaism. The three Abrahamic religions that are all coming out of Abraham, so they say. They just signed this, and where it's eventually heading is, if you don't join this, then you're a terrorist, and you're to be killed. If you don't when Shane Warren had the dream back in 2010, no, excuse me, he's a vision, he was shown that, excuse me, that's Terry Bennett, he was shown, 2010, he was shown that uh, there's three sets of seven years, a seven years, a seven years, and a seven years. The first seven years would be, let me do it backwards, we, we read left to right here, okay. The first seven years was uh, financial difficulties, and that started in like 2008, that's correct. The second seven years was governmental changes. Boy, have we seen governmental changes? Oh, okay. And then the final seven years, which started this year, is going to be about religion, forcing religion on people. Now that they have their Abrahamic covenant, it's not called that, it's their climate accord, their ten, new ten, I forget the name, new ten commandments, whatever. You know the name? What? 
Yeah, it's close enough. You watch. They're going to force this. They will come out, and it'll be kind of like American Express. You know, don't leave home without it. It'll be easy at first, but it'll get more difficult and more difficult until, just like Danny said this morning, you will have to make a decision. The angel spoke to Dimitri, said, many Christians that are Christians now will deny him. Matthew 10.32 and 10.33 says, Whosoever confesses me before men, him will also confess before my Father. But whosoever denies me before men, I will deny before my Father. There was a guy that was working down in Saudi Arabia, and a bunch of terrorists came in and were killing everybody except the Muslims. But this guy was a Christian. He said, well, when they came in, I knew that they were going to kill me if I told them I was a Christian. So I hid my Bible, and my, my roommate had a, a, a Quran. So I picked up the Quran and said, no, I'm a Muslim. This is my book. You see a problem with that? What happened to that man? He just lost his salvation. Can he get it back? Yes, you recall, Peter denied him three times. Then... Jesus said, Peter, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? Yea, Lord. He said again, Peter, lovest thou me? Yea, Lord, you know that I love you. He said it a third time, Peter, lovest thou me more than they all? Now Peter's upset. Third time you ask me, Lord, Lord, thou knowest all things. Thou knowest that I love you. Feed my sheep made him recant the three times. As a Christian, we can't deny Jesus. Let me make that clear. We can't deny Jesus. Matter of fact, say this. I will never deny Jesus. I will never deny Jesus. One more time. I will never deny Jesus. If we deny him, he denies us. I remember watching a you know, one of these safari movies where, you know, the leopard or the lion was going around and would jump on the wildebeest and kill it. And I saw several of them, and it, it suddenly dawned on me that it's like when the lion or the tiger, whatever it was, jumped on the prey, they, they didn't scream, they didn't holler. You know, you, you accidentally step on the dog's paw and you, you, you know, they scream. But they didn't. And I, it, it, it's almost like God began to bring those back in my mind and show me all of those times where I've seen lions or tigers or whatever catch a prey and it, they're about to be killed and eaten. But there wasn't any screams. And I remember seeing one time the wildebeest didn't even fight. When the lion got the claws into him, the wildebeest just kind of stood there like, oh, okay. And then I remembered, in Fox's Book of Martyrs, it tells a story about how they would tie the Christians, literally, tie them to a stake, and literally pile wood all around them, and then set the wood on fire. And they said that the people stood there singing praises to the Lord. And as the flames came up, they continued to just sing praises to the Lord. And it was as if they weren't feeling the flames. And as the flames would burn the ropes off of the back of their hands tied around the stake, they would lift their hands praising the Lord. 
It's called the martyr's blessing. Just like the wildebeest, I think once the claws were in him, they didn't feel anything else. That's why they didn't fight. They didn't scream. They didn't holler. It's almost like it's something in nature. God just removes the pain. I can tell you this. I don't know if there's pain or not, but I'm not going to deny Jesus. I'm telling you that, yes, this is supposed to be a positive message. It is. It is. It's supposed, well, it's supposed to be a positive message. <laughs> but we've all got to get ready. We're not playing games. I mean, suitcase nuke hit down in what... That's how I haven't even told you that, Ian. You know, probably ought to listen to that program called Prophecy Club. They cover a lot of that sort of stuff on that. Byron Surly just had another vision. Now this brings it up to 32. 32 different dreams, visions, audible voices, angel visits. They talk about suitcase nukes going off in America. 32. The Bible says in the mouth of two or three witnesses, let a thing be established. When you got 32 of them. So he had a dream. He said, I saw six, or excuse me, eight in a circle in downtown New York City, right in the heart of the financial district. All go off at the same time. Now I'm going to skip all the other stuff, go to Prophecy Club. But he did say he saw two hit the DFW area. One in Fort Worth, my guess, one in Fort Worth, one in Dallas. If that happens this month or maybe even this week, we're going to say, we're not going to get fear. He's promised us he's going to keep us in the cleft of the rock. How many, now look back to all of the messages we've had over the last yeah, 10 weeks. He's all saying, I'm going to be there for you. It's not a problem. I'm going to be there for you. I'm going to provide. I'm going to protect. I'll raise up China, Japan, many of the nations. They'll go against the Russians, defeat them back in the gates of Paris where they sign a peace treaty. But they make the Russians their leader. All the nations with the Russians their leader go against Israel. It's not that they want to. God makes them. Israel can't counter the help of the Jews in America, so she cries from Messiah. Jesus returns in the clouds, defeats the armies of the earth. It's Armageddon. Psalm 53 says, The fool has said in his heart, There is no God. Corrupt are they, and have done abominable Iniquity. Iniquity is when, like a chain smoker, can't seem to put them down. Abominable is the filthiest of things in the eyes of God. So these are the people that continue to do abominable evil. There is none that doeth good. All of us. The Bible says all of sin comes short of the glory of God. God looked down from heaven upon the children of men to see if there were any that did understand, that did seek God. Every one of them has gone back. They are altogether come filthy. There is none that doeth good, no, not one. Have the workers of iniquity no knowledge, who eat up my people as they eat bread. They have not called upon God. Now, what does this mean, they eat up my people? What? How do you take it? How do you figure that? Is there another way to calculate that? You know, that's what Moloch and Baal worshippers do. That's their high sacrifice. If you listen to the program about Thursday where I read uh, 
the dream given to Vicky Goforth Parnell, and this was the coronation of the Antichrist. She says, we're in the tribulation, and the Antichrist has been released, and she was shown the coronation. What's coronation? That's the crowning of the Antichrist. If she's telling the truth, and I for one believe she is, that means the Antichrist is here, that means the tribulation started. But when they crowned him, they all lifted, lifted their chalice. What's a chalice? It's a goblet, okay? It's a long stem and, you know, hey? All lifted it, and it was all full of innocent children's blood, and they all drank it every drop. The Bible says we're not to drink or even eat things with blood in them. Talk to Bill Sneblin. We had him speak at Prophecy Club. He was a vampire for two years, literally. Blood is all he lived on. I'm not going to go into that story. But he said blood gives you a strength that is like superhuman. <clears throat> That's what they do to work. I know, I know. I see some, ugh. We've got to quit playing games. We've got to, we, if, if we're wearing a mask, if we're wearing a costume, time to throw it off. Time to get real with Jesus. I don't know if a suitcase nuke is going to hit this month or this week. I don't know that our financial situation is about to change. But I'll tell you that is what the prophecies say, and there's not any way to, to get around it. For those of you who listen to that program, you know, the program Prophecy Club, you guys listen to that. I mean, you, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. rest of you are going, huh? There were, there were they in great fear, who no fear was, for God has scattered the bones of him that encampeth against thee. Thou hast put them to shame, because God has despised them. Now what's all this saying? He's saying, the ways of the wicked are death. He is going to requite. He is going to repay, saith the Lord. And he is going to take care of his own. All he asks us to do is to follow his ways and his laws, to keep our life clean before him. And then when the blood of Jesus is covering us, we have nothing to fear. We have nothing to fear. Oh, that the salvation of Israel were come out of Zion. When God bringeth back the captivity's people, Jacob shall rejoice. Spirit of prophecy shall rejoice. Okay, He's, now, this captivity... That's not jail. That's not prison. He's saying when God brings back the wealth, that's what that word, I've looked it up. That's what that word there, the wealth, return the wealth of the people, America will rejoice, Spirit of Prophecy Church will rejoice, and Israel will be glad. Amen. The thing that is angering the Molochs is they have controlled the world's financial system for at least 300 years we know of, truth be known, probably back to the pyramids. And this is an attempt to remove them from controlling it. It's an attempt which will only be short-lived. Six months. And then more holy hell or unholy hell breaks loose. <laughs> So, what do we do? 
I've suggested you do this before. Right, Eric? This is an assignment. Just like you say, blood of Jesus, blood of Jesus. Just like you sing, oh, the blood of Jesus that washes white as snow. When the fear starts coming in, if the trouble hits this month or this week, we ought to know that. We ought to know. How many of you know it? You know it right now. You can quote it. Raise your hands. I'd like to see them nice and high. Okay, good for you. Now, ones of you didn't raise your hands, you got an assignment. Because when the Lord is your shepherd, he's going to take care of you. Isn't that what it says? I mean, I'm not writing anything into it, right? That is what it says. When the Lord is my shepherd, I'm not going to have to worry. He's going to take care of me. Body, soul, and spirit. He's going to feed me. He's going to water me. Right? He's got it. He got this. They haven't fooled him. He makes me. He doesn't say, I offer it to you. He makes me to lie down in the best pastures. That's the way you and I say. In other words, he gives us the best of the best of the best. And that change may be about to hit. He leads me beside the still waters. In other words, not the rough rapids that hurt and tear up your boat and destroy you. He gives us the best of the waters. He gives us the best of the houses, the best of the cars, the best of the best. He, rest- he restores our soul. He leads us into the paths of righteousness for his namesake. Now, what does that mean? It means that he restores our soul by he washes us clean. He forgives our sin. He gives us another chance. He gives us a fresh start. Washes us clean, restores our soul. Then he leads us into the paths of righteousness. You know, I I look at some of these, (laughs) the tenets of the Democrats, and I say, how could anybody, right? Come on, complete the sentence. How could anybody vote for that? Can't they see this guy is evil? Can't they see this lady is a liar? Can't they see it? But no, they can't. Why? Because they haven't accepted Jesus and he is not leading them in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Now, what does that mean? Well, because you chose me, because you chose Jesus, you see, then he says, okay, uh, that's not the word to say. That's not the way to talk. That's not the way to do. You don't treat people that way. Treat people kindness and love. By the way, I, I preach to myself sometimes too. <laughs> then he says, yay. In other words, I dare you. I, I know this is true. Even if I walk through the, I'm putting this in the Johnson language or the Texan language. Even if I walk through the valley of shadow of death, even if there are suitcase nukes going off, even if there is an internal revolution, even if the emergency broadcast system comes on, even if the electricity goes off, even if the cell phones don't work. Right? Though I walk through the valley of shadow of death, I will fear no evil because I'm saying blood of Jesus, blood of Jesus, blood of Jesus. I will fear no evil for you, Jesus, thou art with me. 
Thy rod, okay, that rod can be correction, that rod can be salvation. Thy rod and thy staff comfort me. In other words, your guidance where you led me into the paths of righteousness, because you're leading me, I'm not going to fear what man shall do to me. Like the wildebeest, if I go, I've got to die sometime. How, how can you be dying for Jesus? That's the highest resurrection. As a result, you're going to prepare a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Even though the enemies are all around me, I've seen it. I was at the big rock, the split rock, 15 to 20 stories tall. I saw there was no water that come up below. That rock was split into three pieces, big square rock. Piece here, piece here, three pieces. And massive amounts of water came out of the middle rock. Matter of fact, what I think split it is God just said right there in that rock, he said, water there. Boom! Yep. Water came out. And we're not talking about a trickle. We're not talking about like a main breaking. We see water running. No, we're talking about like the Missouri River came out of there. The Red River came out. We're talking about a massive amounts of water. So if he can make water come out of a rock, if he can make dry land appear in the Red Sea, he can take care of us. We just have to make sure we're clean enough. Oh, but there's the rub. We like to live in the world. We like to play in the world. So Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, Friday, Saturday, we're over here in the world. Oh! It's Sunday. <laughs> Put on the smile. Put on the dudes. We aren't Christians aren't always right. I don't always do it right. I mean, Brandon saw. I, I, don't, I don't always do it right, but I always try. Amen. That's what a Christian does, right? Amen. And if we make a mistake, we back up. We say, I'm sorry, Lord. Please forgive me. I will not do it again. Christians aren't perfect, but that's their goal. We have a goal too high. We can never reach it, but that's our goal. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. In other words, he anoints us. We've all had dreams. We've all been spoken to by the Lord. He's all guided us. He's directed us. He's kept our footstep from falling. He's, he's yeah. provided for us. He's spoken to us, said, no, don't do that. That's a bad way to go. Don't do that. Sometimes we listened. See, I live in the same world you do. I make the same mistakes you do. Surely, surely, that's not a name, that's not a noun. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. He's saying, Spirit of Prophecy Church, yes, the things we've been planning for, we've been getting warnings about, trouble. It may be that the internal revolution is about to start this week. I don't know. He has not told me. Believe me, I've asked. 
You know, I told me the suitcase nukes hit. And I pray every day, Lord, don't let the suitcase nukes hit. But if they hit, blood of Jesus, blood of Jesus, oh, the blood of Jesus, oh, the blood of Jesus, oh, the blood of Jesus, it washes white as snow. So what he wanted me to say to you, I'm going back to it. Oh, right there it is. I'm going to put you in the cliff of my rock. I'm going to stick you inside Jesus. I'm going to cover you with my hand. And I'm going to take care of you. I think we all need to hear that. Now, now, before I go there, If I tell that story, I'll start crying, so I can't tell that story. When Leslie, without getting into the details, a week ago today, at about 3.45, when we rolled her into the emergency room, and my car was parked, you know, in the wrong place, of course. So I said, let me go park. I'll be right back. And I, and I came back, and the room was empty because they took it for a CT scan. I'm not going into that. And uh, the room she was just in was empty. And I started, I walked, I walked out to where the nurse's station was, and I was going to say thank you for helping. But I didn't get past the thank you. I, and all of a sudden, whoosh, I mean, I just ran back into the room. There was one chair in the room. I fell to my knees. I was worshiping God. I was praying for him to heal her. Because in a time of trouble, that's where we have to go. We have to go to our knees. He kills, he makes alive. He wounds, he heals, and neither can any deliver out of his hand. Deuteronomy 32. <laughs> In a time of trouble, we've got to turn to the Lord. In a time of trouble, we've got to turn to the Lord. Plead the blood of Jesus. Put on the full arm of God. Now especially, I, I beg you, memorize this. It's what? Six verses. Six verses. Eric can stand up here and say it faster than I can. Of course, I see that he has a brain like that, and I say, and you're probably memorizing more now, right? God is going to be there for us. Amen. God is going to be there. 
Whatever happens, he's, he's going to be there. That's what he wanted me to tell you. He's going to be there. So, let me say it this way. For all of those people that might be watching this online and for the people that are in here, having eternal life is the easiest thing in the world. Now, once you have it, it's not exactly easy to walk it all out. But getting it is easy. All you have to do, and I'm going to lead you in a prayer in just a second, is pray this prayer. And your name gets written in the book of life because only you can put it in and only you can take it out. I'm going to show you how to put it in. I'm going to show you how to give, get eternal life. Let's bow our heads. No one's looking around. I'm going to give you a chance to get your sins washed away. I'm going to give you a chance through the blood of Jesus to have a new start. I'm going to give you a chance to be saved in the day of trouble. Pray with me. Dear Heavenly Father, I admit I'm a sinner. I admit I'm a sinner. I confess with my mouth and I believe in my heart that Jesus is the Christ. The Son of the living God died on the cross, arose three days later. I received his blood to wash my sins away, to write my name in the book of life, to keep me holy, and to save me in the day of trouble. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, is there anyone in here that just prayed that prayer for the very first time? Can I see your hands? Everyone in here already got Jesus in your heart. Now, if you're online and you just prayed that for the very first time, Send us an email to askstan at prophecyclub.com. Probably shouldn't have said it that way. Now I get our emails from around the world. Also, if you'd like to join us, you can become a ministry member by going to Prophecy Club or Spirit of Prophecy Church, and you click right here, become a ministry member. Also, uh, it would be helpful for us to get the, the word out, reach more people, click like, share, and also subscribe. There's where you should send an email to. Contact at spiritofprophecychurch.com. Contact at spiritofprophecychurch.com. Lord, help us not to deny you and that you would provide and protect us in the day of trouble. I ask that none of our computer chips go out, cars start, cell phones work, electricity's on, water works, and that we are able to be a blessing to many other people when the time comes. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. God bless you.